1: Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined today by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamlet to discuss everything that's in store for us on this Friday's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to Culture Wrestling on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Rampage, Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, premium live events, pay-per-views. We have wrestler interviews. We sometimes answer your wrestling questions. We have roundtable wrestling discussions. And we host, maybe not this week, a round of the week complete <laughs> with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. But as I said, we are here today to review. Hey, I just made you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. This is Rampage, baby. So I was excited about this week's. Rampage, baby. This is Rampage. Because. Uh-huh. Weeks or months ago now, it was revealed, announced, that we are coming back to Daily's Place live. Mm. I love Daily's Place. Yeah, I've got this incredible sentimental attachment to Daily's Place. God damn it, at the time, I needed Daily's Place. Yeah. And to just watch it full of fans, even if it's half full, they can really jimmy the camera angles much better than any other show, depending on how many people are there and where the hard cam's placed. It's got the vibe, it's always such a luxurious setting even before you explore or revisit your sentimental attachment to it. And it was live, so you didn't have that, oh, I've heard nothing was hyped and the show was probably a 7 out of 10. And they've conspired and contrived to make this a very inessential 7 out of 10 card on paper. But I expect something similar to last week's Rampage where the live, um, that's what I'm looking for here. Just the live element and the fact that it's in such a gorgeous sentimental locale will elevate what looks like pretty missable, inessential Drab fair. I think so. I think you can't unfortunately it takes a
0: long time for a show not to feel missable regardless of what's on it. I know Rampage did a decent number last week and it was taped on Thursday instead of Friday, but John Moxley was on the card. And even then Rampage felt missable because it's just a Rampage stink at this point. It's the thing that you can't have happen in wrestling because once it happens it's really hard to wash off. Um because I'm with you about Daily's place, about the like the sentimental Element of that venue, it became as a result of the pandemic a wrestling venue that you want to visit in the same vein as the Madison Square Garden. So yeah. for me, a Manhattan Center, one of these just iconic venues. There's something about the visual of the place and what it might be like to be in the building and what it. I think there's loads of. It's a three-year-old company, but there's absolutely loads of its history steeped in that building, and I think that like that uh, to use a Vince McMahonism that emanates from every time that AEW go back there. Uh, and I will say for the we talked a little bit about this. I think it was on the last Rampage uh, review. This way that apparently if they are going to do Rampage on the road a bit more, which we've called for for a long time, this idea of getting the crowd hot with all these jobber matches where you don't know who the, like the big wrestler is coming, but maintaining some of the heat for the card, I think it's going to make these matches hotter than they would have done on a taped post-Dynamite Rampage. And you're just going to need weeks and weeks and weeks of that. Like the tag match sticks out in particular here, but you're going to need weeks of the matches that have the potential to be hot, being hot. Whereas if this was taking place after a Dynamite, Most of this would be dead, and you'd be watching it and just be thinking, Well, uh, like they're putting their sound sweetening in, or I've just there's no absolutely no reason for me to care. The more weeks where we don't have spoilers, the better because some people are going to go read them against a better judgment. So, I'd like to think that this episode will over deliver because I I think last week's did, and you just got to do that for months and months at a time. Yeah, got to have you've got to make it feel like it's uh vital part of your weekly AEW diet I'm not saying these matches are but if there's like some storyline development or a feeling like whatever happens here might roll over on uh next week's dynamite that's how you get the momentum going with
1: it again yeah to underscore how much I'm just meh on this card the best or most high stakes thing on it featuring the most overact. I think it's a bit of a misfire so the AEW tag team champions the acclaimed Um, are defending the titles in what has been billed as a titles versus trademark match. Now, if they were going to do this kind of low-stakes crowd interaction gimmick wherein the acclaimed can't do the thing for which they're very popular, and that Mm. is scissor daddy ass, and the um, the catchphrase, and the sort of taunt or the call and response or whatever, give that a couple of weeks. Yeah. Give it a couple of weeks where they want to do it but they can't, and they're upset, and you get the sitcom noise of Uh Mark Sterling has made $0 off this
0: agreement yet and then starts to lose it on Friday night. That's why it feels so fake.
1: Yeah, it's so fake. It's so stupid. They could have had a bit of big dumb fun with this, but they're not really having any fun whatsoever. So I find this very strange. But look, I think that it'll get a big reaction when they um, do it at the start and then they are reminded by Billy Gunn or themselves and they go to do it like, oh, we can't do it. And then in the end... The celebrations and them going like... Eh, 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 eh. yeah Should be quite fun. Maybe it does just deserve a week. It's pretty frivolous fare. Yeah. But the match should be all right. Um, Tony niece is very good. Looking forward to his interactions with Bowens. Um, Josh Woods has got that sort of legitimacy, which Max Caster, I think, could sell particularly well um, in the heat segment. And Bowens could be great on the hot tag and he could work some nice sequences with Tony Neese. Thought this should be a gentleman's three elevated by the atmosphere. Is that harsh or, and I'm not even going to ask you who's going to win, because they have told you, <laughs> yeah. by virtue of setting up FTR versus Swerve in our glory, that there is absolutely minimal chance for title change. Even if there wasn't any chance, there's kind of less than zero at this point.
0: Yeah, I Yeah, my expectations are very measured, I think, for the quality of this. I'm not excited by it. And I think that's where I have such an issue with the um, the scissoring trademark stuff. You're right when you put it out, when you lay it all out, it does feel too frivolous to drag out over like the traditional AEW six month course or something. So I'm not advocating for that, but it felt fake and nonsense from the beginning. And the fact that we're already here at the payoff and the conclusion. Just underlines that. I yeah, they don't p- believe in it. No, and I got another. Speaking of things they don't believe in, and I've, something I've got another problem with. This kind of speaks to this criticism you've had of like not everything needs to be booked, not everything needs to be this detailed story. Um, so Tony Neese and Josh Woods claim the Varsity tag from the Varsity Blondes. Why then, if their first match is to be booked to lose? Because the Varsity tag, and it's meaningless, right? We know it is, but you're supposed to make these things mean something. And the Varsity Blondes are now just the Blondes as a result of this, right? And they're going to go into their first matches as varsity athletes and not be varsity athletes. They're going to be jobbers. Why not do this afterwards? And like, if you're going to try and attach some prestige to the word and to the meaning and to Joshua and Tony's getting on right, rock bottom, we've just lost. Like, smart market gone, oh, all the trouble of getting the scissor in and we've lost that already. We're useless. We need to start again and then beat the blondes and then get the varsity and go on a run and let this be the start of a long-term story. It just feels like a lot of, Titting about doing faffy nonsense in the undercard that has no like they're not even low stakes, they're no stakes, yeah, because they just get fed to TV matches, meaningless TV matches like this. It does make me worry for like the how the undercard stuff used to have so much detail. And you could come, you could arrive at a Wednesday be like, oh, Josh Woods is an example. Josh Woods is getting a singles match tonight uh, against John Moxley. John Moxley is going to win. But what we also need to look at here is um, what Josh Woods has been up to lately, because his trajectory suggests that he's actually going to be entering the program. He he mentioned three weeks ago that he's got some of his worst memories in Cincinnati. So it's quite nice that it's come around that he's fighting John Moxley this week because he hates Cincinnati. Yeah, that stuff used to happen all the time, and now they're getting like. They're winning a Jabba Derby, a Jabba Derby.
1: jobber Derby. Jobby
0: Derby. <laughs> Derby against the Varsity Blondes. So, so you kill that act, or theoretically kill that act, for this one to die here. It feels really thoughtless and slapdash. And I, I don't like this much nonsense in the in the sewers because I've been a big, like, defender, well, as we all are, anyone with a brain in their head, defender of this, like, the Athena squash. Oh, so terrible fantastic. Bad, awesome match, bad faith acts. So it's like, look... Look at how they've, within the context of a wrestling match, have made something that takes place on Dark Elevation matter. It needs to be quite a lot of that. Like, the details were there to be enjoyed if you were going to watch these shows, and this stuck out here. Like, I don't know, it's just it's so pointless. Yeah, it's just a waste of time.
1: So pointless. An absolute waste of time. But yeah, they claim they're going to win. I do think that the crowd will elevate the match, which has got gentlemen's Three written all over it. But, you know, they'll get to do the this as me daddy thing yeah. at the end. And I think if they heavily tease the crowd desperate to do it, it can inform a nice post-match celebration, I guess. Um, another wrestler who should get a big reaction is Hook, who defends his FTW title against Ari Divari. And look, I'm going to repeat myself here. I'm sorry. I'm sure the mega fans will forgive me. But I was just so happy when they finally, they being Hook in action, Bronson, Dispatch 2.0. Because it was like, right, okay, well, uh, this current phase of the Hook run, very steady as she goes. Um... Kill some geeks, kill some geeks, kill some geeks, kill some geeks, kill some more geeks, and then he can do something of real substance Mm. later on. I thought, oh, finally they've run out of geeks. And I forgot about the Trustbusters because (laughs) they were all over Rampage, and then they just promptly disappeared. But they're back, and look, this is going to go five minutes. It's going to be some Judoka-inspired offense. It's going to look cool. It's all a bit just exists at this point. Um, I really hope there isn't any kind of bollocks um, post-match angle. Even though Hook versus Parker Boudreaux. <laughs> you know what? I actually, I'm yeah, kind of that's, into that's that. I'm kind of into that. So maybe they'll flesh it out a little bit. Um, but who's your money on? I, th-
0: I think I'm gonna have to go with Hooks, Um Yeah, the Ari Dvari is. I'll say this for the trustbusters. He's kind of he's the least or joint least most interesting member of this stable because Parker Boudreaux and Sunny Kiss offer more interesting hook matches to me than this one. So maybe. I'm not, this is not me pitching. Uh, Hook's got to run through the trustbusters. busters. I, d- I don't care about that. Yeah. But hypothetically, if this is just, you're doing this now because he's offered him the check and he feels completely affronted that you didn't take his money and all that kind of thing. Um, you strip the leader of the power and the point of this stable to the point where Hook can just, as you say, just decimate a few more geeks. If this is the last one, that's fine. If there's a couple more interesting pairings, fine too, I guess. I'd, I don't, right. Same again with the losers, right? It's It's less about the winners. Like if you were to analyze this as an episode of Superstars or Challenge, from you know the golden era, like or even post golden era, there are stars and there are people that are built up to lose to the stars, and this is happening here. But jo- I think I'd rather see Hook just decimate some Jobber than be asked to invest in like eight to twelve weeks of trustbuster vignettes for this. Yeah, because they're not getting any higher up the card, are they? They're not threatening, um, like the John Moxley MJF main event, they're not hovering over it. Yeah, no. like, what did the trustbusters think of that? It's, it's, if it's for this, it wasn't worth it. No. It absolutely was not worth it. And I just, I would rather, I would rather he murk jobbers. And he's clearly elevated himself way beyond the Trust Busters, pretty much from his debut. So have it be when the time is right for Hook to start wrestling serious guys. Who is it? He, he's, I feel like he's had like three or four serious matches. He's wrestled QT Marshall. Um, he's a comedy
1: goober. Has he gone he's, any one of, he's one of the geeks. He's
0: gone higher up their ladder, hasn't he? Hook, at least once.
1: Starks, and that was it. Starks,
0: uh, yeah, that'll be it. Starks, so, Starks. He's a he's a Stark. Like, I, I just feel like this is maybe more pointless than a jobber squash because you've asked us a couple of times to just think the trustbusters mean something. Yeah, they don't. They, they mean don't.
1: They mean nothing. That's this is
0: this is the pattern here. It's the is it really worth making jobbers to the stars if they don't even have any pedigree or prestige yeah. to begin with? Like, if anything, job is to the start. Should be people on the way down. You have a, a cycle and a rotation. Yeah. These have never even gone up to go down in the first place. So just use no name talents that might get themselves over.
1: Yeah, I dread to utter this man's name um, on a podcast, but um, there was a bit of discourse with a certain WCW cruiserweight who once played a comedy character, okay? Who likes to talk a lot on the Nobody ever bought tickets to that guy. Yeah. Friend yeah, yeah. of the boys type guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I imagine. Yeah. And Kenny Omega took the bait and responded a <laughs> juiced up double life.
0: Juiced up double life. Omega,
1: yeah. <laughs> Kenny Omega did take the bait and he's one of the better ones at doing something that no one should really do. And we're talking about how this guy um was just an enhancement talent. And Kenny Omega with the best burial went, actually, you know, he's not even an enhancement talent because no one who worked with him, <laughs> their careers weren't they uh, enhanced in any yeah. meaningful way. So that's fantastic. But there is a way to be an actual enhancement talent. Mm. Like, the clue is in the name. And AEW have kind of... They used to have great enhancement yeah. talents. Like, Marco Stunt was a great enhancement talent. The way he enhanced Lance Archer was absolutely incredible. Like, this can't be done, but they're not really doing a good enough job of it, right? What I'm going to do now is bundle all the women together in the same segment, <laughs> just, just like... Um, AEW do. Did you gloss over Dynamite? Did you watch the whole thing or Watched what? Watched So Jade Cargill, right, mm. with a very serious threat. You know, there's like certain alerts, colour-coded alerts, where it's like, ah, oh, it's just some uh, pretty unhinged dictator just saying things yeah. to a Oh, I want
0: this to be the whole show tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I preferred it to the card. <laughs> this is like... A- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at Blue Nile.com for $50 off your purchase. Blue Nile.com code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom
1: red alert threat for yeah. tony khan because the idea of a woman being on the show for their for its entirety <laughs> is something he's going to take very seriously indeed I already, I already did that joke yesterday but it's good i thought i'd pop it's you with it i it. thought i'd pop with you with it i might even tweet it actually
0: that's like the uh, mjf voicemail bit yeah, like, yeah yeah
1: jade what do you need <laughs> 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 whatever we got we got to fix this <laughs> so Jay cargill the ultimate can't can't do that we cannot do that. It's threatened. I'll be on your show for sixty whole minutes, and I'll take the goddamn thing hostage. So I expect that maybe to happen in the second segment. But ultimately, will she hold the show hostage for sixty minutes, Jade Cargill? I hope so. I'd watch the sh- out of that yeah.
0: compared to some of this card. Um, no, she won't. Uh, but I guess assuming that it does go on like, I think it should probably open. You know, I think you open with Jade Cargill. Yeah, you should. Just that, like, she comes out and she's got the chair straight away, and the what book a brawl. It's a bit, um, it doesn't follow the typical format of an AEW Rampage, but they are starting need to... shaken up. It does, and they're starting to stray a little bit from what felt like a very... Um, I, I love the guy, and he obviously does great work, but Dynamite felt so Chris Harringtoned into place that you just felt like you could see where everything was coming and nothing like, damn, give us a show-long story. Jade Cargill, I want my belt back, and Nyla Rose, I'm not scared here. I've got your belt and I've nicked it, and it's funny to me, but I'm not scared here. Let's have a fight, and is there a more perfect place for a fight to rue its ugly head? Remember, Kaz chasing the elite around Daly's place. I mean, like, yeah. have that fight. As yeah, it
1: was on the sandboard. No, right.
0: Have that fight be thing that you revisit in Daly's place. So have like Nyla Rose come out at the very start, and you've got the baddies in the dunes and just let that let yeah, that be the brawl. Like that can just be a thing that you have it bookend the show. Yes. Have that be there. So, have the brawl be finally revisited at the end, and that's where the announcement is made that they cannot be separated. And then we get word from Tony Khan that it can be on this week's Dynamite, and it's like, wow, a rampage just drove you to a dynamite. Jesus Christ, when has yeah. that ever happened ever?
1: And this is an absolute oxymoron. Oxymoron out the ass, actually. But these two words do not belong together. The
0: Pasadena oxymorons. The
1: Pasadena uh, uh, oxymorons. These words don't belong together. But a bit of pandemic nostalgia, yes, right, where they could, throughout the show... It's not
0: our fault that EW booked an awesome show. Yeah,
1: I know. They could... This, the fight, the brawl could sprawl out in different areas of Daly's place. Yes. Like they could go up the escalator, fight. In the
0: car park, all the old places. Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: Like the concession stand and then the production truck, and they could do like moves out of there. I'm not saying that either of them are the young bucks. Jack
0: football field. Yes. In your line. T
1: I A A Bank <laughs> Field. And like get a neither Rose can do some good stuff with the football yeah. and like throw it at a face and like, this could be pretty awesome. We fixed rampage. We fixed rampage. Yeah. We've absolutely fixed rampage. Um, but I am going to be very nice to AW's women's division here because yeah. they've done something that I campaigned for them to do. And I'm not saying I had anything to do with it. What I'm saying is they fed me the idea that they were going to do this sort of thing when they started to book a lot of uh, four ways, and tags and trios to sort of showcase the depth of the roster all in one segment with the idea being that if you see an interaction that's hot in one of these trios of tags and the crowd really get up for it then you've got an idea of what those fans would want to see get morphed into a singles match and my god penelope ford and willow nightingale their interactions on that trios match on dynamite about a fortnight ago. I believe it was were incredible. The basement drop kick is the counter to the handspring elbow. Yeah. Like um, Penelope Ford using just her incredible agility to stop herself from falling down, having done the matrix spot and then doing a cutter all in one incredible unfathomable movement really made me think Christ, Penelope Ford versus Willow Nightingale could be a very good match. And they've earned the singles match, which is fantastic. It's going to happen on Rampage tonight. I think this could be a big-time sleeper hit. They've got obvious chemistry. Uh, Willow Nightingale's always over. She's gradually um, getting some credit in the bank with the AEW faithful. And Penelope Ford might well be the single most underrated um, performer on the entire roster. Um, I think Penelope Ford versus Tony Stone. they might have done it already. I don't know, Tony Storm's worked everyone. But I think Penelope Ford will get this win because they could do a proper underdog thing with Milo Nightingale. And obviously the champion at the moment is a heel who could probably do with one more TV match before the pape. So yeah, I think Penelope Ford will win, but I'm really into this because we've seen the glimpse and that's what the glimpse sought to achieve.
0: Yeah, I love this. I honestly... I know there's, you know, a match we're gonna get to that is likely to main event, maybe not because of the acclaim, but is likely to be seen as like the big match on the car. But I, this is the thing I'm most looking forward to by some distance. I can't predict an obvious winner. Um I think there are reasons for, as you say, for Penelope Ford to be lining up a a title shot that you know isn't gonna go her way, but you want to see it play out anyway but Willow Nightingale they might want to have a win because she's just come off yet another loss to Jade Cargo. they might see this as we've really got something here it was worth striking while the iron was hot with Jade but we'll now get her back winning again so we can easily feed her back in you've got because it's not just the TBS and the TNT is it Willow Nightingale's come from working Ring of Honor women's title matches so they could easily be wanting to heat her up for a Ring of Honor is it going to be final battle they're probably going to do like a Ring of Honor pay-per-view before the end of this year so I just I cannot pick this Penelope Ford got like had some of her best moments within Daly's place, so we'll have fans there. She had, the, obviously, the tag match at the back end of last year. Um, she had a match with Shida at the first fighter Fest. It was unbelievable. She's got, like, just a lot of stock with those specific fans. And I can't remember off the top of my head if Willow Nightingale, certainly not in a run where she was not just working maybe dark or dark elevation squashes. I cannot speak to that, but as this increasingly over babyface. I don't think she's appeared in front of these fans before. And it's funny, we talk about Dave's Place and what it means to us. It is already becoming that kind of full-sale type location where the fans want it to be theirs as well. Yeah. It's real AW Thanks for finally coming back home, guys. Yes. Maybe bring a pay-per-view here once in a while. I mean, I'm done now. like <laughs> right there, but... So I sense that they'll want to stamp their authority on the Willow Nightingale push and give her that reaction as if to say, yeah, you're over with us. So you're going to be... Uh, it's not true. But I think that's how they're going to receive Will and Nightingale. I'll go with, just for a bit of difference on the podcast, I'll go with Will and Nightingale, but I can't call this. Both people feel like they're on the ascendancy and will need the win. Yeah. Like, this makes you want to believe that even if rankings disappear, the idea of what the rankings were supposed to bring to this can still count. Like Somebody will win, and as a result, should be factored into what's next for one of the two champions as yeah. a result.
1: In one of the most messy storylines in AEW at the minute through fault of their own and their own, actually, as well. <laughs> because why on earth were Andrade and Sammy Guevara allowed to be in the same vicinity? God, yeah. Like, do you promise not to hit each other, guys? <laughs> <I> oh, <promise. laughs> Oh, my God. So, basically, Roosh is fighting Preston Vance. Well, he wants him for the Roosh family office, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> the RFO. <laughs> my God. Now, you're probably aware that this match is stipulated that, will you please leave me alone? That's the, so you've had, right, think about all the incredible stipulations in professional wrestling history. Some of them bastardized. Some of them maybe a little bit old-fashioned, but, you know, we love them. They endure sometimes years after they even should because the original premise was so powerful. The original matches were just so seminal. Hell in a Cell. War Games. Ladder. Steel Cage exploding barbed Wire a death match. They'll still revisit that even though because the allure yeah. is just so strong, so vivid, so incredible in its potential. That leave me alone, please, after this match. <laughs> what, what is this? And it's not even the original person. Like, Roosh no. doesn't care about the Dark Order. He doesn't give a toss. <laughs> Can you imagine buying the idea of Roosh just wanting 10?
0: <laughs> For what? He doesn't care
1: about anything. Nah. I couldn't even buy Andrade wanting 10, let alone Roosh wanting 10.
0: Ironically, one of the only wrestlers I can imagine, like, believing a stipulation where they're fighting for the
1: contract is Roosh, because I watched it happen on TV. Yeah. And he got it. And he got it, so. (laughs) So Roosh doesn't care about Preston Vance, 10. Andrade, it was hard to buy him caring about Preston Vance, 10. It was a pretty formulaic contrived means of, I think, if you look at the way that AEW books historically, this was going to be Hangman Page versus Andrade at the Pape. Yeah. There are two reasons why that probably isn't going to happen now.
0: Attached some Brody Lee law to the TV match originally as well. Y- yes. I think they were like, well, this is... And then they... And like, you'd be generous with it. And it's like, all right, nice feddies.
1: I hope so much that 10 wins. Like I'm going to be treating 10 in this match... Like, I'm watching Hulk Hogan in 1991. Like
0: you're watching Ty Dillinger when he was over. Ten, yes. Ten. Ten,
1: <laughs> ten. And we're watching this like it's Daniel Bryan in New Orleans. <laughs> like, Hulk Hogan when I was like six or seven and, you know, before the truth yeah. was revealed about wrestling and indeed Hulk Hogan, Terry yeah. Belair. I'm going to be watching this like it's Kenny Omega <laughs> in a soccer hall, Dominion 2018. Like, it's John Moxley against CM Punk in Chicago. Like with every fiber of my being, <laughs> maybe they've crafted something so terrible on purpose that you just want 10 to win so that it ends, so that it simply ends and the storyline does not go on anymore and any kind of variation of the Blaze or the family office and the door, it's dead. I just want this to go away. So I'm going to be going 10, 10, <laughs> 10 all Saturday morning. This is ironically one of the matches I'm going to care about most. Well, of the year, of the year, <laughs> of the whole year. I just, mm, what a bunch of
0: useless garbage that surrounds all of this! Again, it's like it's not even, it's not really the fault of the wrestlers that like this match is going to be so overwhelmed by. You know the um what was the match we were talking about the other day where we kind of found it in our hearts to like understand it eventually? Anna Jas and Nyla Rose. Because suddenly the Vicious Fictions and the Jericho Appreciation Society doing bollocks on the outside was so funny that by force of will the whole thing actually became really quite entertaining. And you're like, yeah, fair enough. There's a stable war taking place there. I didn't think I was as interested in it as I was until Vicky Guerrero snapped those suspenders. Yes. And now we're all having quite a good laugh at this. So I'm going to give this a pass. I don't think there is a version of the Dark Order and the Rouge family office brought on the outside that remotely makes this charming. That elevates this, that suddenly makes you feel like, unironically, well, yes, finally 10's going to be left alone. Like I want, like, can I be in this match? It's me versus every single body involved in a leave me alone match. Like, can I, if I if I watch this, will they leave me alone for the next eight weeks of television? Like so. yeah, a minimum till the build to full gears over with. I don't I want to. I don't want to see them. It's not again. Like I was feel bad in like in the position we're in, where we are just we're watching this and we can have any takes we like, but you know, be kind, try not to be cruel. I feel compl- like I've been overexposed to all of them and they're bad stories and they're scarcely believable and the delivery of the promos aren't good because it's such, like scarcely believable material. I don't even feel like it's been booked with care. You know, at this point it feels like if it's not Tony Carney's handing it off to somebody like, give, her, give, it, give him 10 at the end of the season. It j- I doesn't feel like it's been done with thought, so no. I don't want to apply it either. That's a two-way like, contract and a bond that you make with the wrestling TV show. It's just...
1: Like, it's not depressing. That's an overstatement, but it's bleak. It's bleak. Yeah. It's certainly bleak indeed. Um, and that's a lot for Rampage. We should point out that we are recording this on Thursday. Mm. So there might be a late addition to the CAD. But um, ultimately, I course, can't see yeah, it. It yeah. is live, so that could actually happen. I doubt it very much. You'll probably get some like we hear from someone. Yes. And you're like ah, oh. it's like ten seconds of a backstage interview that's invariably interrupted. <laughs> so yeah, we are recording this on Thursday. So if we are not previewing the grand return of Kenny Omega having a match against Phoenix to build to the elite going back for the trios <laughs> title, and you're wondering where the enthusiasm. Enthusiasm for that is—it's not there because this is a pretty uh, beige rampage, actually. Rampage, uh, rampage, baby. The Jacksonville Rampagers. Hey, I just made you, and this is crazy, but here's my number. Jacksonville, rampage, baby. <laughs> Jacksonville Rampage babies. <gasps> That's not even the stupidest one we've heard and taken the piss out of. It's part of our quite ridiculous runner this week of American sports teams. American sports franchises. (laughs) Squadrons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we'll find a way to crowbar some more in on a preview at some point today. But until then, um, we are going to be... Actually, I won't drop that because... By the time this is released, you won't get the chance to answer your questions, but stick around. <laughs> um, hopefully being on Twitter, because we're going to be um, answering some of your burning wrestling questions later on. I'll be previewing Halloween Havoc and SmackDown at some point over the coming days. The schedule's all a complete mess this week, unfortunately, but we're trying our very best yeah. to keep on top of it. And, you know, whoever takes their time out of their day to listen to our bollocks, we are, again, enormously appreciative. So thank you for doing that. And until the next one, I guess we will see you soon.